0: This podcast replay is brought to you by Sports Grill. With over 35 years of making it special grilled, they're celebrating the start of football season with 15% off all bone-in wings. Visit any of their seven locations all over South Florida. Right, there he is. Welcome back, my friend. Hope uh, you're in a better place right now.
1: Good to be with you, Big O. It is, it is very good to be back after a, after a classic Super Bowl. Good to talk to you, sir. How are you?
0: I am doing great. Can't complain unless I guess you're an Eagles fan. Then you can complain all season <laughs> long.
1: So you can flip uh, cars. You can take to the streets. You can. Yeah, that was that was a scene. That was something. So give give us your two cents on the final play and the
0: two penalties that Bradbury committed in one play. Because <laughs> Yeah, that, listen, I love how people say he well, he helped. No, he helped twice. Okay, let's make sure we mention that because not enough people mention that he held twice on the same play. But go ahead.
1: Yeah, no, one of them was flagrant, and I, you know, I, I understood Greg Olson in real time, given the initial camera view that he had questioning the the call in that moment. Um, but. I mean, it, I think I think it was perfectly clear, and that was then reinforced by Bradbury's own reaction after the game. Everybody associated with the Eagles basically had the same reaction, which was that we, we were we are not here to complain about um, you know correct calls by the officials, right? Like it was just like. And I I, I am sympathetic to people who simply wanted to see Jalen Hurts have the ball with like a a minute to go and a chance to win the game like that would have been great. It would have made it an absolute. It was already I think it was an all time Super Bowl, but that would have that would have brought it into like, you know, I don't know, one of the one of the two or three best that we've ever seen. Right. Um, But we didn't get it because they committed a legitimate penalty that was actually flagged. And I, I think that's. I think that's fine. Um, and again, I appreciate—I really appreciate the reaction from the Eagles themselves after the game because they, you know, if if anybody is gonna is gonna really feel the fact that all they had to do was was stop any of those Chiefs drives in the second half. And uh, listen, easier said than done. It's the Chiefs. It's Mahomes. It's Kelsey, and all that. But you know, they they had four drives in the second half. They got three touchdowns and a field goal, and they could have had four touchdowns. So like, you get you gotta got stop them somewhere.
0: Yeah, no, I'm, I'm with you there. And I had no problem with the call uh, because nope. you put the referee in that position and you you committed two penalties in, in the same play. And, you know, it, it, I, I use the analogy like, hey, brother, listen, it says 65 miles an hour. I get it. Everybody's doing 72, 73. But listen, the cops <laughs> sitting there on the sidelines and – and you're doing 73, 74, and you think, well, he's not going to stop me. Woo! And, well, were you speeding? Yeah, I was, but no, no. Were you speeding? Yeah, okay, well, then here's the ticket. And you put the cop in a position where he can stop you or not. And maybe others were speeding, but he didn't like the way you were speeding and you change lanes. And so that's kind of what if- it was. Maybe he saw it and he goes, well, whoa, this guy's tugging twice? I got to throw it. You know, it's like if you know. if
1: all you saw of that play is the fact that Patrick Mahomes overthrew a dude by like nine yards in that situation, that that right there should have been enough to question whether um, there was a there was a hold. Right. Like Patrick Mahomes is not going to overthrow somebody by like eight or nine yards in, in any scenario, let alone that scenario. So I, I thought it was a pretty flagrant hold well called um it's really unfortunate that the the coverage and and that twitter that all social platforms basically turned toward you know criticizing a call that was i think perfectly correct
0: well that's kind of what we do right rihanna oh god this that and I, i had no i had no problem with her performance by the way i thought she did a great job and considering that she was pregnant even more props to her that she's standing up on that damn platform and, you know, performing and she's pregnant and she's still keeping her cool and all that. Uh, I, you know, I, I, I give her many, many props for that. I had no problem with the with the performance, but that's the beauty of, you know, social media. Anything and everything that was going on in that game, we were you yes. know, reacting to it right away, you know? So it is what it is. Did, did you give her a passing grade on her performance?
1: oh shoot yeah um I, with or without you know the the fact of being pregnant um I like I don't have Rihanna necessarily like in the normal playlist right but man that is that is a lot of hits like that is that is an artist with um i believe the kids would call them bangers like she's got like and she and she left some in the you know in the in the quiver too right like she's she's got more like she could do another 15 minute halftime show with a whole bunch of other familiar hits she's i i think she's awesome
0: yeah man she did she did a terrific job and i think she uh handled it very classy you know considering her her
1: physical nature The Uh, the thing is somebody always needs to declare, you know, and obviously this is the nature of Twitter. This is the nature of like sort of reactionary, um, you know, uh, observations that we have today. Nobody, nobody can ever be even remotely nuanced about anything. It's either got to be the greatest of all time or it's got to be the worst worst. that we've ever seen. It's never, it's never like, yeah, that was really good. I enjoyed that. (laughs) like that's not even except you can't even say that right yeah you've got you've got to insist that it is the greatest thing you've ever seen or one of the worst things you've ever seen
0: amen amen it is what it is all right uh what'd you think of uh of uh the Tua interviews on radio row because my god they were they were bad they were bad
1: (laughs) yeah um I I mean, it's also not something that you want to, you don't, you don't want to read a whole lot into anything that gets said on Radio Row, right? Like everybody's, everybody's trying to promote products. Everybody's trying to promote odd things. Um, You know, everybody's been given a script that they have to, that they have to follow. Uh, I don't know. It's all, it's all good fun. Um, I wouldn't. Of all the reasons to, to you know, fret about Tua and the future of the Dolphins, I wouldn't, you know, anything anything said on Radio Row would not really get to me.
0: No, I know, but it's just, and, and you know what I thought was, uh, because there were reports that, well, if the Dolphins win, you know, Tua could come back and all that, you know, if they beat the the Bills and all that. And then what was revealed in those interviews is that the Dolphins really didn't let him go through the protocol till the season ended. Actually, that's when he really went through the final stages of the protocol so he can be cleared. And that's why it took so long, because the Dolphins had no intentions on letting him play. So they didn't want him to go through the protocols during the regular season there at the end of the last couple of weeks. And then he clears and then he's getting ideas of playing because he was saying, basically, they protected me from me. And I thought that was actually really smart on the Dolphins' part.
1: Yeah, um, and and it's, you know, but they finally came around to it, right? Because the Dolphins obviously took a lot of heat earlier in the season for n- not necessarily protecting Tua from himself. Um, it was, it was probably the most uncomfortable part of of Miami's of an otherwise really encouraging season for for Miami, right? Because you can tell yourself a story about where this franchise is going, and it's really good. Um, the, the, the one negative and the, certainly the, the, I felt like really the only glaring negative on, on McDaniels resume this year was the, the handling of Tua, especially early on, um, super uncomfortable. He was, he'd obviously been concussed. I don't know. I don't know how many official concussions we're calling this for him now, if we're calling it two, if we're calling it three. Um, but it's, but, but it's not nothing, you know, um, and it is going to be. Oh, the first one
0: was his neck. Remember. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Right. Okay. He lost his balance and almost fell because it was his neck. There's no way he was woozy or anything on his head. No, come on. No,
1: certainly, certainly didn't appear that way. Um, yeah. Neck. So that. And and I hopefully it I has changed things in the NFL for the better that we've come through this episode but um it is it is really the one thing that hangs over the the franchise I suppose right now but everything everything else is on a is clearly on an upward trajectory for Miami.
0: I agree I agree and and uh he's taken judo and uh you know I've explained this several times <laughs> I took judo uh, for for a few years, and it does teach you how to fall and how to break your fall and uh, those kind yeah. of things. And so that that might help him out a little bit too, because
1: uh, it's if we see it. No, with, it's a with it's a good point because like his issue has been like falling backward, like the back of the head, right yeah, against the yeah. turf. Yeah, and he's got to learn how point. to
0: break the fall and and learn to roll and those kind of things. And we see it with the quarterbacks that didn't play baseball and they slide awkwardly or they oh. don't know how to slide or all that stuff and then you see oh that dude probably didn't play baseball and so he doesn't know how to slide and he's and it happens a lot in today's world because when we grew up we used to like play we we changed with the seasons that's kind of the way yeah. you 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 played in your neighborhood when we were when we were younger kids don't do that nowadays now they like latch on to one sport and that's all they play so they can get great at that sport. And our day was a little different. So you kind of got to know all the different sports. And you've seen it, that guys that don't know how to slide, they they get injured, they jam their legs or knees or ankles because they don't know how to freaking slide. And and then they got to learn how to slide. You know what I mean? So it's the same thing here. Falling, there's also a tech, there's a, there's a, there's a, there's a, um, there's a um, what's it called? Not a technicality. A uh, God. what am I thinking of? What's the word I'm thinking of? A um, there's a, a rhythm to falling that you can brace yourself that you can protect yourself. And it's happened to me several times since I learned judo, when I was a kid, it's come through in my life in certain times that I've fallen, but I, I know how to break my fall and roll and those kind of things. It's not going to happen all the time. But there'll be instances where it might just help out to them.
1: Yeah, no, it's a it's an interesting point that you make about sliding too. I've I, I know there were multiple cases uh, throughout the season where I just you know watching the the Bears as I do, like. Justin Fields can be a really awkward slider, um, and, and he's and he stays really high a lot of the time when he's sliding, right? So like he can he can take some hits that he doesn't need to take as he's going as he's going to the ground. But it it, it right. is an interesting point because you definitely you definitely can tell the the kids who were who were like three and four sport, you know, um, Russell, athletes, Russell Wilson, right? yeah. Russell Wilson slides like he's a pro. Why? Yeah. Well, because he was a pro baseball
0: player. So you know, so yeah. it's. He, he has that gift. And you know what? That was a great example of Fields is one of those guys that you can tell was not a baseball guy because of the awkwardness of the way he slides. I mean, with Joe Flacco, you can understand because he's as long as a giraffe. So it's kind of hard. And yet he he still ha- has learned how to slide. You know what I'm saying? Yeah, they probably weren't
1: asking young Joe Flacco to steal bases either, right? Like he probably no, wasn't no. sliding as often as as many of the other athletes in the NFL. But Fields is Fields is funky too cuz he'll go really hard like into a knee when he's sliding too, right? And it's not he's not he's not gracefully sliding. He's like no, I don't. you know, it's like a crash landing every time he does it. Um, makes me makes me yeah. just as nervous to watch him slide as it does to watch him take hits.
0: Oh, we've seen guys that don't know how to slide, jam their knees and ankles Mm -hmm. and all that kind of stuff, because, again, they they just don't have the technique, you know, down pat Um, your uh, your thoughts on the Fangio hire.
1: Um, Yeah, I I think he's I think he's great and I think he's in the right role now. Right. Um, I I, I think it's. Yeah, I, I think it's overall a good move that that uh, yeah, if you start a head coach, feel... right? <laughs> right, yeah. Like I think I think that's relatively relatively clear. I mean, can do it in a pinch, but probably not somebody that you want, you know, guiding the future of the franchise. But you throw him in his role and you throw him in his wheelhouse where he's really comfortable, and you're gonna get you're gonna get great results. So and uh, you're a Bears I,
0: fan, so you you had a little taste of Fangio being your defensive coordinator for for a and few it was years. was good.
1: And the players were super loyal to it. Like players loved him, um, uh, ob- obviously excelled in the role. So um, it, it, it's just, it's just a phenomenal hire, right? Like you've, you've just got somebody who is, who is uh, among the best in the world at exactly that. Um, and, and you're, you're not asking him to do too much. So I, I, I think it's phenomenal.
0: All right, let's play the quarterback shell game. Where <laughs> does, where does Derek Carr Aaron Rodgers and Jimmy Garoppolo land
1: yeah I first of all I I feel like there's a very clear hierarchy here I don't I don't know how a lot of people feel about this but I think Derek Carr is much better than Jimmy Garoppolo and and maybe this is maybe this is me just kind of dismissing a lot of Niners quarterbacks generally but I I can't he, he, he gets injured every year Garoppolo Every right, year. right. So that's so that's Every one year. thing. And Derek Carr, you know, whatever you think about him, um, incredibly resilient and has played through some stuff, too. And Derek Carr's like best moments and not that he can sustain them, not that we've seen Derek Carr just go on a heater that lasts like six games, eight games, whatever. He doesn't necessarily do that. But, man, w- when Derek Carr gets rolling, um, that that guy's a that guy's a very good quarterback. So I think it's, uh, you know, obviously, Aaron Rodgers is like an all time inner circle quarterback quarterback. Derek Carr for me is very clearly in that next is the next year. And then and then it's Jimmy after that. So that's this is all by way of saying that I think Jimmy is just kind of an afterthought. And um, he's like, you know, the the very last option and in, in musical chairs here. Um, I- <laughs> I, I I don't have. I'm not sure where. Like I don't know what's going on in Aaron Rodgers' head at any given time, right? Um,
0: really? I'm going to ask you I, that one. Come on. I hate.
1: I hate to. I hate to try not to. a I hate dark to try enough to slide room for you to
0: figure that out, bro. No, I mean, not that, a
1: not a dark enough room. There's. You,
0: you you can't even you can't even go in space and enter in a black hole and figure out what's going on <laughs> in Aaron Rodgers' head.
1: I, I personally have not, I don't know the pleasures of hallucinogenic teas, so I can't, you know, I can't, I can't get inside the man's head. I can't imagine that he wants to go to the Jets though, simply because that's the Favre thing. Right. And I, I just and can't imagine. And New York, I don't, he in that media. No, dude, that's not, that's, he doesn't want that bro. No, especially, well, especially not coming from Green Bay. Like he's got a, he's got this really nice thing right now where he can talk to, you know, Pat McAfee and he can, and he can talk to like the very, very friendly and relatively. Tomofsky, and that's, uh, that's, yeah, you know,
0: he's got, he's got yeah, guys. yeah.
1: You, like you've got your guys in Green Bay and it's not going to, it's never going to be like a mob scene at the, at the locker or anything like that. It's not going to be like, it's not going to be crazy. And in, in New
0: York, it'll be 150, 200 mics. In your face every week. I think he'd say some really
1: interesting stuff. I think we'd hear some fantastic things out of Aaron Rodgers. Um, yeah. I'd I'd kind of like to see him. Uh, y- you know, just for the just for the sake. Not that Devontae Adams can't survive with anybody else, but I I, I think Rodgers in in Vegas would be really fun. Um, I think. I think Carr with uh I think Carr with the Panthers would be really fun because it's it's just simply it's good for DJ Moore. It's good for a a, a fun collection of uh skill players, but I would now also most like Most
0: of us have been saying New Orleans. But but, but may, I, that was the may, that was the other thing that was going to fall out of my
1: mouth is I would real I would really like to see Derek Carr in, in New Orleans because I feel like Chris Olave with just a competent quarterback um like could could just have a supernova season at some point shit, I thought- you
0: mentioned something really good because they have weapons in they have a couple weapons in carolina they lost their back but you can get a back uh you can get another back and and their defense they have some young players on that defense that would that that actually that team would would
1: take a step forward right away with Derek. yeah i think and plus Derek carr would be probably by orders of magnitude the best quarterback that uh, that dj moore has ever played with i think i think dj moore is really good he was um it, not like throw throw out everything that's happened in his pro career right because he kind of caught the tail end of cam newton um he's he's not not really played obviously with uh, you know sam darnold and every other the sort of rogues gallery of quarterbacks that we've seen in carolina uh, over the last couple of years Uh, Even at Maryland, um, his final year there, they were cycling through quarterbacks and dudes were like, nobody was good and guys were getting hurt and guys were getting benched. And like that, that was a, that was an absolute mess. So we've never seen what it looks like for DJ Moore to have like a great quarterback. And I think, you know, we can disagree about about Derek Carr, um, but I but I certainly think he's like a, he's like a top fifteen, top sixteen NFL quarterback, and that would be by far the the most talented uh, passer that DJ Moore has ever played with. So I would love to see that.
0: Hey, some people believe in Kirk Cousins. Okay,
1: so let me ask you
0: something:
1: <laughs> You believe in
0: Kirk Cousins, or would you believe more in Derek Carr?
1: I'm yeah, I Derek think Derek Carr. I think they're. I think they're pretty much the same tier of quarter the the real problem with kirk cousins is that you know you're 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 paying all this money for kirk cousins so like if you're if we're gonna if we're gonna throw you know dozens of millions of dollars at a quarterback they they have to be able to overcome some stuff right because we are gonna have roster shortcomings elsewhere and i don't think i don't think kirk cousins is of the level of quarterback where like Okay, because we have Kirk, it doesn't matter that, you know, we don't have an edge rusher and it doesn't matter that we don't have this. We don't have that. Right. Like, I don't think he's that level. Um, I think he's, he's similar to Derek Carr, but I've seen Derek Carr. Like, let's, let's remember what Derek Carr did just two years ago. Right. Like, forget this last season, two years ago. Um, everything went wrong for that team right um you know from from uh the rugs arrest and Waller gets hurt and the the head coach has to leave in the middle of the season and like the wheels are falling off right and left for Vegas and Derek Carr gets them to the playoffs and gets them to like a, a and i think passed for like 4800 yards on the year um gets them basically to within a, you know, they have a they have a chance to score at the end of the game to knock Cincinnati out of the out of the postseason. Cincinnati goes on to the Super Bowl. Like that was a that was a great year from Derek Carr that we're just gonna forget, right? Because it didn't really lead anywhere and they were a first round exit and all that. But that yeah. was a phenomenal season considering the circumstances. And we've we've just not seen Kirk Cousins do that. Right. Like Kirk Cousins has made some throws and he's you know big arm talent. And, he, you know, he was a he was a fun little meme for a lot of the season. And I don't I don't really have, you know, there are obvious shortcomings to Kirk Cousins. But we've never seen him do, I, I think, what what Derek Carr just did a couple of years ago.
0: Yeah, no, I'm with you there. Uh, no doubt about it. They've got uh, the uh, the Chiefs favored again for next year. You uh, you you agreeing with
1: that? I I mean, I, yeah, I, f- I feel like. If I had to set it right now, knowing what we know, um, how do you? It's just so hard to bet against Patrick Mahomes because he's probably never going to have. First of all, Kelsey's clearly lost nothing, right? Um, Like we we can we're gonna we're gonna make the case in fantasy. People are gonna try to make the case that oh, wrong side of thirty, aging, whatnot. Um, Has he ever looked better than he than he looked this last year? Right? Like he's showing no signs of age, and he was great in those beginning of the season. I'll give you something. If Tony
0: stays healthy, Uh, I think he's a super dynamic player. And I loved him coming out of Florida and I know it didn't work out with the Giants. And now they traded him over there and he's he's made impactful plays for them a whole bunch of times now this year since they picked him up. If they get him back on the field on a consistent basis, then they will have their home run hitter next to Kelsey and that offense could actually get even scarier. You
1: okay. know, you know what I think the the perfect use for Kadarius Tony might be within within that offense given everything that we've seen them do over the years but like Plop. Think think back to what McCole Hardman was doing before he got hurt this year, where they they just, you know, they kind of scrapped the idea of making McCole Hardman like some some deep threat, every route kind of receiver. And they're like, We're we're just gonna we're just gonna make you a big part of the the red zone offense, goal to go offense. That guy had scored five touchdowns in in three games prior to getting hurt. Um and they were they were handing him the ball and they were getting it to him in space and they were they were creating fun little mismatches for him and obviously Andy Reid and Eric Bianami have done great things near the goal line you know o- over the years and they were uh, they were creating some some really fun situations for Hardman it, you do that with Tony Tony's an even more electric athlete and a little bit quicker maybe not maybe not like long speed faster but he's quicker um, yeah. that he's about as quick as anybody in the NFL right like yeah. he, him used might in that a, situation, a
0: stronger player too because I've seen him break tackles. Yeah. Also,
1: yeah, yeah. Like if you're not asking Kadarius Tony to like, okay, learn every route in the playbook, and we're you know we're we're not going to ask you to do something that you've never done before. We're just going to put you in space and tell you to be a playmaker, uh, while being on a chessboard with guys with Pacheco with Kelsey. I mean, he he could sneak into ten or twelve touchdowns if he stays healthy. So. Tony's really fun. You've got an actual sorcerer quarterback, right? Like, I mean, that look—look look what we just got from a from a hobbled Patrick Mahomes. I mean, he, that guy's going to pile up five thousand yard season. So, yeah, I, I mean, I he think he was you pulling have to make-
0: away from people in, in the middle of the field <laughs> with a high ankle sprain. Right? I'm like, what the hell does this guy have in him? Like, what is going on? That adrenaline is carrying his ass, dude, because that run he had up the middle of the field i was like what dude he was he was he's way faster than two with a high ankle sprain i mean that's just yeah that's crazy bro i mean
1: yeah uh, he's 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 just at a, an entirely separate level from from almost any other quarterback right now and the, the league is full of great quarterbacks right at this moment like this is sort of a, a a kind of fun golden age um there's a lot of talent out there even among people who don't like, see the chessboard the way Patrick Mahomes does. There's guys with incredible traits right now. Um, the AFC is tough. Like, the AFC looks like it's just going to be an absolute meat grinder for a few years here, but I, I, it's so difficult to bet against Patrick Mahomes at this point. All right, what do you
0: got going on on Yahoo this week so uh, folks can uh, check you out, my man?
1: Uh, we're ramping up fantasy baseball coverage as, actually, but we're gonna have plenty of uh plenty of football content out there. Nobody's stopping the fantasy football forecast, our our podcast. That's gonna keep rolling through the offseason. And pretty soon we're gonna start talking we're gonna start talking draft.
0: Okay. I like it. Are you going to the combine?
1: I'm not going to the combine. I'm going to I'm going to Vegas this week for uh for a Vegas, fantasy Vegas. industry conference. Um combine's yeah, close sure. to me though. Sure, and I and I, <laughs> and I want it, like I want to do like really do the combine at some point because I I find it I find it super interesting and I'm usually glued to it like on on TV, but I but I have not gone previously.
0: Well, you should go one year, bro. We'll hang and uh, we'll uh, we'll make the rounds together in the evenings. Uh, you know, oh, I am, and here, for it. I am here for and, it. Personnel people and and uh, agents and scouts and uh, all kinds of crap all throughout the the bars. So you bar can give star, you it. Your Indy bar can give you, you a
1: pretty fun like two or three days. Like it's not you know I don't need to be in Indy for a week, but but two no. three days, Indy can be
0: fun. Yeah yeah no, the downtown area has got enough to do. You know yeah. overall yeah you're right. It's a, it's a cool little downtown area, and and because they built all those bridges and tunnels to connect, you know you can get away from the cold, which can be a bitch because sometimes you turn those those that corner and it's like a a Chicago wind that comes at you and it just slices you right in half, you know, that kind of <laughs> crap you get, you know, the kind of, the kind of stuff that, that people get in Chicago all the time. I am,
1: I am intimately familiar with the kind of stuff. You're we're actually, we got a lovely day, right? It's like 50 degrees right now. It's beautiful. Um, I'm sure that won't last because it's February, but it's, uh, I'm, I'm not complaining about our weather right now. No, you cannot
0: follow him on Twitter, by the way, at Andy Barons and catch his work there. At Yahoo Sports. Andy, as always, appreciate you. Uh great to have you back on the horse, my friend. We'll catch up next week. Thank you.
1: Yeah, very much appreciate you, big O. Thank you. No
0: problem, my friend. Appreciate you. Always got your back. That is Andy Barron. Sports Girls Now got eight amazing locations. Yeah, baby. What are you waiting for? Get your asses down there. Eight great locations. We just added. The one in Doral, which is just absolutely awesome. Take advantage. Mondays, by the way, $7 single smash burger. Tuesdays, which is today, $2 tacos. You can choose between chicken, beef, or fish. And tomorrow on Wednesday, the kids will eat free with the purchase of an adult entree. Get on out to Sports Grill. Go to sportsgrill.com and check out one of their eight great locations. Get the one nearest you sportsgrill.com this podcast replay is brought to you by sports grill with over 35 years of making it special grilled they're celebrating the start of football season with 15 percent off all bone-in wings visit any of their seven locations all over south florida there he is locked and loaded and ready to go how you feeling mr pianowski
2: i'm doing good i, I yeah i'm kind of regretfully um I was really enjoying that last segment, you know, about about your childhood. A lot of stuff I didn't know about you, and then somebody asked about your first concert. I was really curious to hear what you said about that. Um, I could talk about I, this. Could be if you want to make this a music segment, we talk about music for the next twenty minutes. I mean, nothing would make me happier than that. And you couldn't rem- you couldn't remember the name of the place that you worked as a kid. I was like, did you work at Chess King or something? I was trying to think it was, of what clothing store you work at. It
0: wasn't Chess King. I do remember Chess King. But it was it was a it was they, we we had um, branches in Westland Mall in Omni and there was another one in North Miami Beach. I worked in two of the locations, Westland Mall, and then they moved me over to the Omni location for a short amount of time there. And but I, I forgot the name of the place because yeah, I used to get a lot of my dress clothes there, and uh, I was able to. Uh, yeah, and always uh, get employee, some, some employee discount
2: that's a big thing when you're a kid what Huge. was the first concert you went to
0: the 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 first mm-hmm. Boston Poco Doobie Brothers and then uh Van Halen uh Fair <sighs> Warning Tour
2: oh yeah oh, that's great yeah the Unchained my favorite Van Halen song I my first concert wasn't that good although it wasn't bad I saw Starship open for Night Ranger and oh. and now jefferson starship would have been great or jefferson airplane i saw starship they opened and closed with we built this city which is like you look at any list of the worst rock and roll songs of all time and in fact even grace slick has walked away from that song she's like yeah we wish we didn't record that yeah i i hate that song actually that's everybody everybody does
0: it's like billy joe we didn't start the fire um every time i go to a billy joe concert that's when i go get my t-shirt when when he plays we didn't start the fire uh, I, I, you watch my ass get right up and walk over to go get my t-shirt because I don't make the line like everybody in a Billy Joe concert. A lot of times I, I'll go early and I'll make my line, I'll get my t-shirt. In a Billy Joe concert, I know he's going to play that shit song because I love Billy Joe, but that one song, I can't stand. We couldn't start. I've actually
2: leaving. flipped on Billy Joel. I used to really like him, and then at one point, I realized I didn't. I had a party. I, I saw a girl I didn't even know. I said, do you like Billy Joel?" She goes, I love Billy Joel." I said, hang on one second. And I came back and gave her all my Billy Joel CDs, and the fact that they were CDs tells you how old this was. But I'm so jealous that um, that you saw Van Halen. A friend I saw Van Halen a
0: shit ton of times. Yeah, a friend of mine and I Hailing. were
2: talking about the greatest riffs of all time, and I think we came up with Unchained being the greatest riff. There's a they have a live CD from Tokyo, yeah, a few years ago, and and David Lee Roth, you know, his voice isn't any anything what it used to be, yeah. but listen to just the first 35 seconds of Unchained before Roth even sings, just yeah. Eddie is just wailing away, and the fact that I thought Eddie Van Halen was going to live forever, he obviously didn't. We lost him a couple of years ago. And that was that hit me and my friends really hard because he was our guy. You know, as much as I I have great reverence for you know Jeff Beck we just lost and Jimi Hendrix and you know the Rolling Stones are, are probably my favorite band of all time. But the guitar god that I grew up with was who where I, I saw all his albums come out and and I looked forward to it. And when I was in eighth grade or tenth grade, every guy in in school wishes he was Eddie Van Halen and every girl in school wanted to meet Eddie Van Halen. He was just the ultimate cool guy. When i was okay. a teenager so uh, you, you never forget those formative of those formative years and, and just you know what a god he was from
0: that first album um on fire is that's my favorite van halen song and and eddie's guitar work in on fire is just absolutely sick uh that and atomic punk actually so many great songs. Two, two, so, of the, two of two uh, of two of the songs that are like underrated. Under I love, those I love are "Diver, under I love the Diver radar.
2: Down," which is a, a, an album a oh, lot yeah, of people yeah. don't talk about. Yeah, "Hang Little 'em Guitars High" is one of my favorite songs. Ha- I,
0: "Hang 'em High," "Little Guitars," for sure. Yeah, 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 yeah. No, "Diver Down" is uh, is actually underrated. Uh, I do.
2: I think so too. Where do you come down to the Hagar stuff? I,
0: I, I, at first I didn't like Van Hagar. Because I was so pissed that they you know, broke up. For sure. But, but Van Hager grew on me and I love it. And I love it. Yeah, well, I, and I, we- I, ended up, I ended up enjoying it. not more than the original, of course, because mm-hmm. I will always love that bluesy sound more than anything else. Because, see, David Lee Roth had a sound. He didn't have mm-hmm. a, a voice, he had a sound. You know, that's what it is. He didn't have a great voice or anything, but he had a sound that went perfect with that music you know what i mean and he's not the first of guys like that that they didn't really have a voice but they developed a sound you know i thought i thought kevin DeBrow from quiet riot wasn't necessarily a great singer but he had a sound that went with quiet riot you know overall so you know to me that's that's where i i fell in love with that sound from van halen obviously halen's guitar is amazing i think michael anthony doesn't get enough. Yeah, yeah. Maybe maybe as a hard rock band, it might be the greatest harmonies I've ever seen from a band. Okay? I'm not talking about... Unbelievable
2: background vocals. Yeah, I'm not talking about the
0: Eagles or Little River Mm -hmm. Band or, you know, these... Crosby Stills and Nash. Yeah, hmm. Crosby Stills and Nash. I'm not talking about the elite, you know, the elite, you know, uh, stuff when it comes to singing. But as a hard rock metal band halen might have been the the greatest background vocals i've ever seen
2: you know what i mean yeah just... i would love to, i would love to meet michael anthony and just tell them thank you I, here's a guy who voted against his own interest to stay in the band you know and was as about as selfless as a rock star could be yeah because of the politics of what was going on in van halen and uh, the unbelievable background harmonies. just just seems like a really great guy uh, running with the devil i think neil monk was the name of the guy he, he also died a few years ago he wrote a book he was their manager And uh, tell some great stories, and I and I agree with you on how I unpack Van Halen. Van Halen with Roth is a legendary band, and David Lee Roth is a perfect frontman for that band. The best frontman ever. Van Hagar is a very good band. They're not Van Halen. No, no. Van Van Halen is like on an untouchable pantheon level. Yes, you know, like a A plus band, and then you know the the second version of the band is like an A minus or a B plus. You know, still a lot of good songs but it's not Van Halen.
0: Yeah, King Short's coming in with Mean Street. Yeah, it's... Uh, oh, so good. Yeah, don't yeah. Don't that, don't that whole don't album, don't Fair don't Warning, don't. for me, is just a phenomenal album. Just everything. One Foot Out the Door, you name it. It's just a, a, a an incredible... Ma- what is it? Dirty Movies, right? Is it Dirty mm-hmm. Movies? um that you know that whole album is just it goes under the radar i think it's just one. check of those... out
2: that live version of unchained i've I, seen it i, I keep, I keep it. playing the first 45 seconds of it over and over again because eddie just comes in like a friggin' avalanche it's unbelievable yeah
0: yeah no i mean listen towards the end of their run you know i would go knowing that david can't sing but i mm-hmm. but i i just wanted to get my ticket on the right side of the stage Mm -hmm. just so i can see you know eddie jam the 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 whole the entire night because that's what it that's what it became the last couple of tours hell i went to i went to jersey to go see them for that uh that that last album that they came out with and uh and i I drove and we flew up there and we and i knew that david couldn't sing but it didn't matter to me i was there to see eddie and the rest of the band because by the way alex and Alex Van Halen doesn't get enough credit, also as a drummer. Unbelievable. Just, just like the bassist uh, Anthony doesn't get enough, you know, credit as as a bassist for exceptional, you know, talents in their own right. And 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 Roth for me was the best frontman I've ever seen. Okay, not and the cool, best singer, cool enough, not even Cool not enough, enough to be close. in the Sopranos, right? I mean, he's yes. in the
2: Sopranos poker game. Yeah, yeah,
0: yeah, yeah. He's, he's just, he could move a crowd like I've never mm-hmm. seen before. And the athleticism that he had on stage with the swords and, and the, and the, and the, and the uh, staff or whatever he had as a prop. You know when he when he arrived to your town because the Mm -hmm. dude was like a badass, bro. I mean, he was. I can only
2: imagine what his knees and back are like today. You know, we think about like the prices football players pay. Uh, What what was the price of David Lee Roth doing all those calisthenics on stage? Oh, he'll tell you. He'll tell you his body
0: is all all messed up now. Yeah. At this point. Yeah. 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 Definitely. He'll he'll definitely tell you that. That's for sure. Uh, Let's see what. uh, Okay. Anyway. Uh, so we, we got a bunch of things going on, uh, by the way, you're looking forward to Travis Kelsey on Saturday night live.
2: How about that? I guess so. I wish, I wish, kinda- wish you would lose this idea that the chiefs are somehow you know, under represented yeah, or respected or something come on everybody knows patrick mahomes is the best player in the nfl yeah nobody who, who's out there like oh i, I doubt patrick mahomes i doubt patrick nobody Travis kelsey stop it nobody. i realize that's what every athlete does the slights or perceived slights they use it as fuel and and i and i get it but the chiefs are overdogs they're not under yeah maybe they are a one point underdog in the super bowl obviously you and i both picked kansas city game could have gone either way yeah didn't like the way the game ended, but well, I guess Bradbury grabbed him. So it is. So it goes. But for, for, uh, but by I would, the time well, we got halfway, football.
0: dude, by the time we got halfway through the season, most of us were saying Mahomes is the MVP.
2: For sure. What the hell are we talking about? I mean, give I me a stop, stop it, stop it, it, it with this. Patrick Mahomes is uh, you know two MVPs. He's been to three Super Bowls. He's on every other commercial, and he's great. And I have nothing against Patrick Mahomes. Just let's not act like he's a, some secret. Yeah, he's yeah. not some bar without a sign on front. You know, everybody knows Patrick
0: Mahomes. Anybody yes. with a brain will tell you he's the gold standard at quarterback. He separated Period.
2: himself. You, you can, It's one of those things. You can name a lot of number twos. You could. You could give me Hurts. You could give me Josh Allen. You know, you, 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 we can argue. We Joe can argue. Burrow. We can have a discussion on it, right? right. Look at the year. Look at the year two we just had. He led the NFL in a bunch of stuff. You know, I mean, there's a lot of guys who could be that number two. Mahomes is gonna, always going to be the number one until somebody knocks him off. And you know, Andy Reid is uh, is already in the Hall of Fame. They did it with the most average receiver room. G, Juju, just yeah. just a guy right now. MVS was even in the Super Bowl. I don't remember doing doing a thing.
0: No, no, I know. It's it's that's the impressive part with them. Obviously, they're elite at tight end. But at wide receiver, they were definitely not special. But when you're special at quarterback, that's what makes the difference. And, you know, the whole team contributed there. Special teams had a monster return to give you pretty yep, much Tony. A, a, a gift of a touchdown. The defense scored. So, that you know, when you're getting contributions from all phases of the game, this is why, you know, you end up as a Super Bowl winner.
2: For sure. We, we said last week, we said, look, they're not going to stop the Eagles. You just have to disrupt them. And what did they do? They, they got a takeaway, and it turned into a touchdown. Yeah. yeah that, I'm was, with. that was enough to flip the game. That, that was the most important play of the game, you could argue. Let me ask you something. Um, uh, the Sean Payton
0: story now, and now Rex Ryan is the leading candidate for defensive coordinator. Why is it, and I get he's a good coach. Don't get me wrong now. Why
2: is it I think this is going to be a disaster in Denver? Which is when somebody's been out of coaching as long as Rex Ryan has been, it just makes you a little bit nervous, right? Has has anybody come back from a really long coaching game? I mean, look, Joe Gibbs was amazing. Only Vermeil. Vermeil's the only one. Vermeil's a good example of somebody, it did work out, but I I just, when somebody's been out of the game so long, it just makes me a little bit nervous. No, I'm I'm with you, but also Sean's
0: cockiness, and it's just there's a, I don't know, there's something about this that. You know, it it just, I don't know, man, it just doesn't, it does, you know, he had a lot of support in the Saints that people don't talk about in his front office, and they made a lot of good decisions that weren't necessarily his decisions, and that's what people don't understand, so he's going to be in charge of personnel also, and I just feel that sometimes a coach bites off a little too much, Mm -hmm. the arrogance and the cockiness kind of take over, and I just don't. I don't know. I I just kind of feel this
2: is an exploding cigar. Yeah, Maybe all, I'm completely wrong. We all need somebody to talk us out of a bad idea. You could argue that's been the problem with Belichick the last few years. He's he's wearing too many hats. Bill Belichick needs somebody to tap himself on the on the shoulder and say, "No, don't draft that guy. Don't draft Nikhil Harry." We you know uh, Chip Kelly needs somebody <laughs> to say, "No, don't trade for Sam Bradford." We we all need somebody to talk ourselves out of a bad idea. And you 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 talk about the arrogance of some of these guys that that's, you know, it's like what your greatest strength is, can be your greatest flaw sometimes. Right. You think back to that great scene in fast times at Ridgemont high, where Spicoli and the kid, they crash Jefferson's car and the car is totaled. And, and, and Spicoli's like, oh no, my dad's a TV repairman. He's got these ultimate set tools. I can fix it. Right. I can fix and, it. and the kid goes, you can't fix this car. Spicoli and Spicoli looks at it. The car could not be more junked. And he goes, I can fix it. I that's fix Sean it. Payton. Okay. And Russell <laughs> Wilson right now is the car. And Sean Payton is saying, I can fix it. And everybody else is like, you can't fix this car, Payton. You can't fix this car. You're going to blame it on the the Lincoln Surf Nazis because you can't fix this. No, I can fix it. Well, I don't know. Maybe the car is unfixable.
0: Yeah. Well, we'll see if the car is fixable or not. Did I... Did I get your? Uh, because it was finally official now on the whole Fangio thing. Yeah. Oh, in
2: favor, for sure. Yeah. Definite it, thumbs up.
0: Yeah. Yeah. It's, a, it's, a, it's definitely a good move. Uh, what'd you think of uh, the two uh, judo stuff?
2: I, I'm not sure I saw that. What's, what's he, he? Oh, he's taking ta- something he, different he, for workouts?
0: Yeah. He's taking judo. I took judo for three years, I think it was. And, um, and one of the things you do learn in judo is how to fall and uh it's helped me throughout my life actually when i've fallen uh learning how to
2: break a fall balance and stuff yeah sure. yeah
0: and so he's taking judo on fridays now for for trying to learn how to fall and break falls
2: oh i like it was that was judo something you had to pay for or did your dad cover that? it was
0: it was part of a, it was part of private school oh okay yeah it was one of my, it was our pe class basically you either chose pe or if you wanted to take judo and uh, I took judo for, for three years there.
2: I get it. You know, one underrated part of athletics is balance, you know, and it, it doesn't even matter what your body type is. You'll think of some, think of somebody like David Wells, right? Who looked like, you know, looked like he wasn't an athlete, but he had unbelievable, C. C. Sabathia, unbelievable balance, right? it's a huge part it's a huge part of the quarterback position you know so so many and we always talk about the tight ends they're all they're all former basketball players they're all former power forwards and everything I, a lot of these skills that you acquire this is why when kids grow up today this is one thing that i'll, I'll be the old man complaining now you're yelling at the clouds i get so frustrated when a kid shows athletic ability and like okay you got to pick a sport what are you gonna be you're gonna be a football player basketball player hockey player. you should play everything you should play soccer. Yeah. You should play Frisbee. You should play games in your backyard that don't even have a name, right? Randy Moss said when he grew up, they, they played razzle-dazzle, which the whole goal was to score a touchdown on every play. You, know, you should just have fun. Well, you let, let me ask you,
0: let me, to build off of your point, mm-hmm. this is why I don't know how much you follow soccer. I love um, soccer. But, Okay, well, have you noticed that we only develop one player at a world-class level? Do you, know, which, you know what player that is? The goalies. Why? every American sport is hand-eye coordination. Mm-hmm. So you're either playing baseball or basketball or volleyball or hockey or whatever the hell it is. And so soccer, well, okay, you got to work with your feet. That's the only time you do it. But in, in, as a goalie, everything's hand-eye coordination. And so if you're playing catcher, you're kind of playing goalie. If you're, mm-hmm. you know, whatever, if you're playing anything – it kind of gets to hand-eye coordination. I don't care if you're hitting a baseball. I don't care if you're catching a football, throwing it, whatever it is. I don't care if you're hitting a golf ball. I don't care what it is. There's there's a hand-eye coordination thing to everything we do in American sports. And to me, that's the only reason why we can come up with goalies that can play at the international level Now we're starting to come up with some of the players, you know, in other positions, but goalie has been something for now decades now from Friedel and all those other guys from the past, you know, that we we've been able to send internationally because all our sports are hand-eye coordination.
2: Yeah. I've always, people talk about what if Allen Iverson was a soccer player? What if LeBron James was a soccer player? What If Kobe Bryant was a soccer player. And I grew up when, Soccer took over, you know, has there been a soccer boom in America? Well, it's happened at the youth level. It's it's a huge youth sport. It's a huge high school sport. It's, we still haven't, the women of course are, are world-class. The, the men are still lagging behind. We did have a nice world cup. We advanced to the second stage, played Mm -hmm. some exciting games. We had trouble finishing. And of course there was some controversy of why our best players maybe weren't on the field, which is just a really bizarre story in, in today's current climate. But I don't know, maybe, maybe this world cup's coming to America soon. I would like to see us, we haven't developed, look, Landon Dunham is a really good player, but we really haven't had that world-class, Clint no. Dempsey was a good player. No. Uh, yeah, we we're hoping Pulisic will maybe become that guy, but when are we going to have a world-class striker that scares the pants off everybody? We, we don't have it, right?
0: No, now. no, 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 not yet, not yet. It's, uh, we're, we're not close to that yet, but eventually I think we're, we're getting closer to that, but it's kind of weird. So for me, I think Tua is doing a good thing and listen, oh, for sure. a- anything you can do to try to better yourself and protect yourself, especially as a quarterback, to me, ultimately, like I've said, and I've done it over and over again, all of his big injuries and concussions have come from 3.81 seconds to 5.1 seconds. Right. So to me, ultimately, you better learn how to get rid of the ball under the three-second mark and do all these other things. Ultimately, that's what's going to keep you upright and keep you having a a long career. What he has to stop thinking is that he can be Mahomes or Russell Wilson or any of these kind of scramblers that can go out there and buy themselves time. That's not who he is. He doesn't possess that kind of athleticism. Neither did Drew Brees. Neither did Dan Marino. Neither did Phil Sims. Neither did plenty of quarterbacks in the past. They only were able to move a step or two to buy themselves a millisecond to get rid of the ball. That's what
2: he needs to learn how to do and keep it that way. For sure, that pocket awareness, right? Troy Aikman, Tom Brady. Marino was so good at it. Just find that quiet area in the pocket, shift a little bit. And of course, Marino had the fastest release of anybody. Joe Namath's release was right up there. You know, people forget because Brady didn't want to get hit at the end of his career. You watch his, the first part of his career, the first like two thirds of his career, his pocket awareness was unbelievable, where he had a sixth sense of, of where the, the chaos was coming from. It's like, okay, if I just step over here, I have functional space, I can release, I can make the throw that I want to throw. And you talk about Tua holding the ball. It's like, you know, they say what, nothing good happens after 1 a.m you know, just cashing your chips and go home. That's a, if the play as designed, if you're not on schedule with the play, it's just like, get rid of it. You know, it's again, you're not Michael Vick, you're not Steve young and there's nothing wrong with that. You know, just um, that's where the bad stuff is happening. You said after that five second interval or whatever it is. Yes. So um, I can't wait. Can't wait though. I mean, the, the, the dolphins can still look around the league and be like, hey, we got Tyreek Kill, we got Jalen Waddell, that's the best one two in the NFL. We saw what how badly Buffalo struggled because they never found a second pitch, right? We saw how good the Eagles were because they had three guys who could threaten every inch of the field in Brown, in Smith, in Dallas Goddard. You know, you need you can't just have one guy, you know, and, and Buffalo, that's really was the the fatal flaw of Buffalo. We saw how much Cincinnati struggled in the games that Chase didn't play. You need more than one guy, and you know Miami's got that. And most teams, you know, they're like if they have one person.
0: No, I'm with you there. Uh, by the way, going back to Kansas City, one of the things that I think is also amazing about them, and and it's going to lead to the next next question I've, I'm about to ask you, is that Andy Reid, you just mentioned, lost Tyreek Hill, and yet. Not a great receiving core, and they're able to play design, and obviously Mahomes and company, and they go on to win the title. And then the other thing that they've done over the years under Andy Reid is they've lost all kinds of coaches, and yet they overcome that too. And now here's the latest, and Eric Bieniemy now, apparently it's working its way towards Washington, and I know Andy Reid's going to be fine because he always is fine. He always develops the next coaches and the next players and everything else, and the offense will evolve like it always does no matter what quarterback it is. Even if you're, you're, uh, you're, you're Smith coming over from San Francisco, you're going to play the best year you've ever had of your career because you're playing under this guy. So here's the, the, the part B to all of this. Eric Bieniemy needs to leave. uh, The worst thing that's happened to him is that he's stuck there, and that Andy Reid is getting still all the credit. Yet he's still getting a lot of the praise from Andy and others, but nobody's given him that chance. And it's almost like he's got to get away from from Pa, and go you know grow on his own almost. And I feel like this is a really important time for Eric Bieniemy. If he's ever going to be a head coach, if he's ever going to get that respect he needs, he has to get away from the umbrella of Andy Reid so he can finally get the praise that some of the other coaches have gotten since they left Andy Reid.
2: No, it it totally makes sense. You just get overwhelmed by the shadow of Reid. At some point, you've learned all you can from, from the mentor, and you have to go do your own thing. and be really curious to see how they adjust without him next year and look look at Philadelphia right they just lost both their coordinators they're both yeah. head coaches Indianapolis and Arizona so uh, that's what that's the the price you pay when you win right you can't keep all your guys and you can't keep your your best coaches because you you can't promote them the head coaches you already have a head coach right and so you're gonna get your coaching staff is going to get rated. Whether or not that is successful, we'll see. I mean, some some of the best coaches of all time, the Bill Belichick coaching tree is famously very mediocre. Joe right. Judge didn't work out with the Giants. Obviously, Matt Patricia was a disaster. Matt Patricia got absolutely dunked on by Nick Foles and the Eagles, and then he went to Detroit and you know got dunked on for another three years because I think he learned every bad thing about Belichick and didn't learn all the good things. He learned how to be antagonistic with the media but didn't learn like so- all the stuff that Belichick did that was good. Of course, Belichick welcomes all those guys back, right? I mean, Judge and... Bella I, I, and uh, Patricia were part of the offense this year. I, horrible job they did with Mac Jones. They took uh, all the stuff that Mac Jones likes to do and they basically threw it in the trash can. I'm not sure that Mac Jones is ever going to be a great player anyway, but I feel like they set him up to fail. So I'm very curious to see what the enemy does. Very well respected. It's hard for us to know. We're not in the room. Right. We don't, some of these position coaches, it's hard to know. When, when, if anybody says to me, when Brian Dable went to the Giants, we all had opinions of what he would be, but nobody knew for sure. You don't know how much of Josh Allen's success was Dable, could be a different position coach, how much of it was Stephon Diggs. It, it Success and failure both have so many parents, and it's really difficult to figure out where the credit belongs. And this is the greatest and the worst thing about NFL debates and arguments. It's like, okay... Montana was the greatest quarterback ever. No, 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 no. He played with Bill Walsh. He played with Jerry Rice. He played with Roger Craig. You know, Steve Young was just as good as he was. You can give credit any, any way you want. Nobody can tell you you're wrong. I, I think Jerry Rice is the best football player I've ever seen. But he played with Montana and Young. He played with Walsh. You know, I, that's a huge advantage. You can never separate that stuff. Randy Moss on the Raiders was a, kind of a, just a guy. Randy Moss on the Patriots scored 23 touchdowns.
0: Yeah, no, I'm I'm with you there too. And uh, we'll see how this whole thing develops. But for him, I think it'll be the best move if he's able to do it because it will at least be able to give him that opportunity to finally grow and separate himself. And by the way, I think the Dable, um, uh, what's it called? Dorsey thing Mm, uh, kind of separated itself because Allen and company kind of took a step back under Dorsey's Meanwhile, Dable left. They took a step back, and the Giants and and Jones, mm-hmm. he got the most out of Jones that you can possibly get, and the most out of that team. I thought that Brian, might have been more impressive. It might have Brian been more impressive awesome. making
2: Daniel Jones a good quarterback than it was making Josh Allen a great quarterback.
0: Yeah, yeah, no, it's it, it was impressive. I'm with you there. All right, what do you got going on at Yahoo so folks can check you out?
2: Yeah, a lot of fantasy baseball coverage. The game is open. We have I did my catcher preview. Fred Zinke is his first base preview today, and we did a mock first round. So. Get ready for that. And don't worry, football's gonna open not not too far down the road. We'll be doing a lot of draft coverage. We'll be doing mock drafts. We'll be covering free agency. The NFL is a 12-month calendar, as you know. So whether you're into baseball, football, we'll be doing a lot of March Madness coverage. Tournament's just a couple weeks away. Come get some, Yahoo Sports. Hey, by the way, where's Jazz Chisholm going in drafts? Love him. The only thing that makes me a little bit concerned, two things. One, if he bats third, how much does he run? And two, does the position change? Hopefully, he doesn't mess with his head. But he right. is one of my favorite players. Power, speed, category, juice. There aren't that many guys who can hit home runs and steal bases. And he's also in his 20s. He's, he's a guy who hasn't had his best season yet. And I, I, second base is a very weak fantasy position. He'll qualify at second, even if he doesn't play there. So he, he to me, he's like a fourth or fifth round pick. I'm going to proactively go after Jazz.
0: And swag to ju- for, sure. swag a fun for miles. He's
2: a really fun player for yeah. sure. Swag he's for a, miles. He's the reason you buy a ticket to go see him do his
0: yeah, thing. Yeah, yeah. Sandy and, and Jazz are, are worth yep. the so price yeah, of the winner. Yeah, no doubt about it. All right, follow him on Twitter at Scott underscore Pianowski and catch his exceptional work there at Yahoo Fantasy. Thank you, my brother. Appreciate you.
2: Yeah, hang them high, my friend.
0: You got it. As always, there you go. Hang them high. I love it. Little diver down. Don't forget, Mondays at Sports Grill, $7 single smash burger. Tuesdays, the $2 tacos, chicken, beef, or fish. Wednesdays, the kids eat for free with the purchase of an adult entree. Take advantage. And you know they're known for their sauces. And now you can actually take them home with you. The buffalo sauce, the Miami Heat, the blackberry, the barbecue, the dolly. And you got the Doral location now open. So you got eight great locations and milkshakes every Monday with rock and roll music playing at the Kendall location. Sportsgrill.com. Check out the nearest location to you. We'll take a quick break. Cameron Wolf comes right back. We unleash the Wolf Pack, baby. Talk a little Dolphins and NFL next.